It's a movement, but it's about people. Be the People is about we the people joining forces to reclaim and reshape the best of our nation's time-treasured traditions. Each week, we offer insightful interviews with movers and shakers from all different spheres of life. And now, please welcome Dr. Carol Swain. Welcome to the Be the People show. We are one week away from Judgment Day, and we know that Judgment Day happens on November 3rd when we will find out if President Trump wins re-election, and I'll say with a landslide, because I've been saying that, and consequently, I put my reputation on the line. Uh, I've been right about a lot of things in the past, and if he is reelected, as I expect him to be, I would accept that. But right now, I'm hoping for a landslide, and I'm hoping for a landslide because of the mail-in ballots, the absentee ballots, and the states that will be counting ballots long after the election. Uh, North Carolina, they can count up to six days after the election. And so we have Judgment Day where we can have a landslide victory for Republicans and conservatives across the country, or we may end up with a situation where things are really ambiguous and winners are not declared until days later. So we have to be ever vigilant. Now, joining me today to make sense out of everything that's happening is a friend of the Be The People show, Malcolm Outlaw. He's the editor-in-chief and host of Viewpoint This Sunday and The Voice of America. And those air on the America Out Loud network, as does the podcast uh, of this show. And so, Malcolm, welcome back to the Be The People show. Well, this is the time, Carol. Be the people, we the people. It is the time uh, for truth in America, isn't it now? It certainly is. And uh, what's your assessment of where things stand? You know, a week ago we had... Uh, a debate, mm-hmm. and now we are just poised. We're waiting, uh, and and for myself, uh, this week will be a week that I will be in Pittsburgh knocking on doors. Uh, last mm-hmm. time, 2016, I was in Philadelphia knocking on doors, and Pennsylvania is a key state. So, uh, what's your take on where things are with President Trump and his reelection? Well, the first thing is, we, there's a lot of fear in our country. I think you would agree with that. Uh, anxieties are very high. Nerves are shot, really. And it's on both sides of that aisle, Carol, both the left and the right. Uh, the country's been through a great deal. We have to remember that. And I think this is the time I try to suggest to people, we should step back a minute and really look at what we're doing, where we are in our nation, and what the stakes are. A lot of the times the fear gets the best of us, I believe. And what happens is it, you know, there are, a couple, there are many things that could happen uh, with the election. First of all, I am prepared that it's not gonna be resolved that evening, I don't think. I think it's gonna be contested no matter what happens and it's gonna go past the third. I'm looking for, uh, well, a challenge in a couple of weeks coming up potentially. Now, listen, 
I could be wrong. We could all be wrong. And maybe this, you know, when we get through this election, we might look back and we might just say, Carol, we might be saying, well, well, okay, that was just another election. Of course, you know, it's, it's pretty serious business here in our country. So I'm not sure it will be just another election, but I don't know if the fear's getting the best of us, but I got to tell you right now, you say landslide. Okay, so both sides right now are talking landslide. The Biden people are talking landslide, and of course, the Trump are talking landslide. And typically, our country doesn't do a landslide. Typically, we're right in the middle somewhere. So the question becomes, you know, that divided nation that we see, uh, what's the real moment of truth? I mentioned truth to you a moment ago. What's the truth in America? What's going to happen uh, will that truth prevail? Did the, did the president do his job in the last debate? Did, did America see what he put out there? Could they you know, read through the, the dirty tea leaves, I would say, and see the lies that were being propagated and pushed out there from the Biden campaign? That's the question I, I got to put out there, Carol. You know? Well, I can say that we can't trust the progressive media to mm-hmm. get facts to their viewers. And so they're involved in the deception that takes place. And for myself, I'm usually kind of cautious. I don't know if you would describe me that way, but I have felt landslide. And it's not just because uh, the Trump rallies, they always turn out highly motivated people, thousands of them, uh, if not hundreds of thousands. And everything that Biden and Kamala do Uh, you know, there's not that kind of enthusiasm. And so I think enthusiasm matters. And I also believe that the breakdown of law and order that we've had, which I would say the Democrats control it because it's like clockwork. As soon as it became clear in the polls that it was hurting the Democrats, uh, it stopped, or at least it stopped being covered in the media. Now, see if you can visualize this, Carol. Could you visualize a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris rally, okay? The arena is full of people. They've got the flags up there, the American patriotic flags. Yeah, go America. Everybody's like super excited, Carol, you know, like, oh man, this is a rally. There's our guy up there, Joe Biden, mask and all. We love this guy. Could you see that, Carol? No, I could not see that because that's not, who or what the Democratic Party is. It's not their constituency. I would say that many of them hate America. Yeah, you know, and, and I'd love to say you're wrong, but I would, be, I would be lying if I said that. You're absolutely correct. And you don't see that because it doesn't happen. Uh, there is no enthusiasm, as you mentioned, around Biden. You don't see it at all. So it, it's beyond, they're not, it's not just, well, they're pragmatic. I mean, it's not that. There is no enthusiasm. You don't see it in any corner. You don't see it in the stretch of your wildest imagination, but yet you see the momentum and that enthusiasm, uh, Carol, for this president. It is off the charts through the roof. Uh, We've never seen anything like that enthusiasm before. So on that basis, Carol, if we're going to judge that, and then we talk about the gut feeling, like a gut feeling. So you kind of have a gut feeling, don't you, on this thing, beyond all that. Your gut feeling tells you landslide for Trump, right? That's my gut feeling. And I also hmm. uh, realize that I'm really putting myself out there. And I probably, you know, no one should make predictions. You know, only God knows the future. Right. But I have always, I, that's what I've felt all along, just like with covid As you know, I was very suspicious, very cautious about the narrative that we were being fed. And I started writing opinion pieces, questioning that narrative. 
and sometimes my gut, you know, is very right. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not have the fear that a lot of people had around me. Uh, I did do some of the things that we were doing in the beginning. I was uh, sanitizing my door handles. I was wiping down grocery bags, uh, but that yeah. fell by the wayside. But I've never lived my life in fear. And I have been right in my life more times than I've been wrong. And that's why I say that if I'm wrong this time, I'm going to be wrong in a big way. But yeah. I'm willing to say that this is what I believe. Yeah. Well, you know, I know you well enough to know that you, ju- you don't speak uh, without having that sense of feeling, the responsibility. Uh, you are a truth sayer and you put the truth out there. You always do. I don't know you to just put, uh, you know, thoughts, random thoughts out there or talk garbage like that. That's not your style, Carol. So the fact that you say that in such a convincing way is very positive for everybody. But you're not the only one, actually. There are a lot of people that are feeling the way you're feeling because when you do the math all the way through, it shows one thing and that this president should be duly reelected by any stretch of the imagination and then some. I think he did himself a lot of good at the last debate. He really came across well. I wish the first debate was that way. Uh, because we would have had progress in the second debate because, you know, and you have to almost, I know people said to me after that last debate, they say, what's going on with Biden? How could he, they like, they can't see him even being there for 90 minutes. How was he able to put all that structure together? People are wondering if they have him on some sort of medication or what exactly they're doing. But you've got to remember, they took five days off, Carol, before the debate. And five days off, he hunkered down somewhere and they put all this stuff in his brain to work overtime. The president didn't take five minutes off, but this guy takes five days off, which the president pointed out and said, you can't run a country this way. And he's absolutely right. And then Joe Biden at the debate holds his trusty, musty mask up. And he says, well, we got a mandate mask. Everybody needs to be wearing these. That's his answer to Not everything. Not smart. Not yeah. smart. And they don't work, Carol. I know. Yeah, oh, the so. thing about Joe is... Yeah. You could see his strength and energy waning as the evening went along. And when mm-hmm. President Trump attacked True. him about his family, he became discombobulated. Uh, I saw, you know, him really straining. You can see the strain on his face when he's trying to think. And I'm not 100% sure that they don't have something in his ear still. Yeah, they may very well, because it doesn't make a lot of sense otherwise that he's, you know, you see him randomly and he's like spilling his words out, uh, you know, like a two year old and you can't make heads or tails out of what he's saying most of the time. A lot of his thoughts, it's sort of in the way, Carol, if you think about it, the way Nancy Pelosi talks. Now, she is on medication. It's called alcohol. She drinks a lot of alcohol every day. I know I'm not being nice right now, but that's what they say. She's drunk all the time or something. Now, that would explain. I don't know. But, I mean, she rambles, too. You ever see her up at a press conference when she's up there and she's drooling? She's literally drooling. Her words are just all over the place. Ah, oh, and it's like, you know, you, you can't follow her at all. There's no rhyme or reason to what she's saying. Can you understand her? I can't understand her. No, but I can tell you, um, as a person that's over the age of 65, uh, I find that uh, I tire uh, easily if I'm not rested. And I would imagine that these are some very tired people. And I hope that if I'm still in public life, as I get older and older, and how old is Pelosi? Uh, she's uh, 111 or 112. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I know Uncle Joe is pretty old, but you know uh, something? 
I hope that I'd have enough wisdom to know when it's time to step away and to really go into retirement. And I think it's just shameful. Uh, I look at President Trump, he's a ball of energy and he is so mm -hmm. sharp. I mean, he didn't let any of them get away with anything uh, during that debate, but he also uh, complimented the commentator and she was a uh, commentator. This per person was much better than the others, but she was still clearly, she was still clearly anti-Trump. Well, I got to tell you something right now. I just looked it up, Carol, and she is 80 years old, 1940. She was born and Joe Biden, of course, is 77. He would be 78. And Donald Trump, well, he's just a kid compared to those standards. I mean, my golly, he's in his early 70s. He just turned 74, remember? <laughs> well, I mean, he's in good health. And is, I just yeah. wish that older people, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about older people, which so, to, to some people, that's me, that uh, we would age gracefully. And when it's time to step away from public life, that we would do that. They don't do it, though, in Washington. None of them do. Uh, you're, you're the Supreme Court, same thing. You've seen Ginsburg. She was 87 when she passed away. As I say all the time, Carol, the only one we hold the term limits is the president. We don't hold the House. We don't hold the Senate. We don't hold the Supreme Court. And we need some, we, I believe, in my opinion, we need term limits for all of them. The Supreme Court, I don't believe, should be a lifetime position. I don't think you should be there when you're 90 years old. Sorry, with all due respect. And so they should be termed. Senate, House, and even government bureaucracies, the head of the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ. I believe in these key positions. If you want to get rid of the establishment, really and truly, Carol, there's only one way to do that. You have to expire their term so nobody gets all that comfortable in Washington, even at the heads of these government agencies, which is known as the establishment or the swamp or the deep state, or whatever you want to call it, the bureaucracy in Washington. Everybody should be limited to a time frame. Get in get out. That's what the framers designed our country to be. But well, yet we're not doing that today. You know? Well, with some positions, it would take a constitutional amendment to it change would. the term limits. And I think when it comes to Congress, that we should be considering that, given that the Congress is so dysfunctional. We're going to need to take a break. And when we return, I'd like to talk about some of the headlines uh, that have been in the news that may impact Judgment Day. Be the People is sponsored by Cooper Steel, a family-owned business that provides the steel fabrications for buildings across the Southeast. Sixty years ago, Kenneth and Faye Cooper founded the company in Chevyville, Tennessee, which started as a vision is now a nationally recognized company that remains true to its founders' Judeo-Christian values and principles. Cooper Steel is committed to excellence, responsibility, and community. Its motto is build strong, stand strong. It treats its employees and customers like family. Learn more at coopersteel.com. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
back with my guest, Malcolm Out Loud, and we are talking about November 3rd. I'm calling it Judgment Day, even though we've already discussed how it may linger beyond um, uh, November 3rd. We may not know who the president is for a while. Um, one of the issues or, or comments that were made about the last debate was that uh, there was not much said about uh, foreign policy. Uh, what were your What are your thoughts about that? And then with this new peace deal that the president has brokered between the Sudan and Israel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's no publicity at all on any of the peace deals he's done, which are historical, very clearly, and they know it. And you, you kind of know that they know that because when Biden has asked that question, Carol, or he's put on the spot, he typically will come back and say, well, yeah, no, I, the president did. I mean, he can't knock that. None of them can knock that. They always pivot to something else. One thing about politicians, they lie like hell. And when you, when you put the truth in front of them, Carol, they pivot from the truth over to something else. You notice that they change the subject, right? I mean, that's what they do. That's called being a politician, right? <laughs> well, we, they do. we saw that at the last debate. And sure did. if you think about, you know, some of the strong points that President Trump had, I think uh, one of them was when he pointed out uh, Joe, or, you know, how he's, he was saying he had a solution to solve all the problems. Uh, and Trump pointed out, well, he's a typical politician. That's what politicians do. Listen to him. He's a politician. In a nutshell, politicians, Carol, to me, and I think about everybody listening, would I probably agree with what I say here. Historically, they overpromise and underdeliver. Almost, they don't even try to deliver in most cases. <laughs> okay, then, then you, you, that, yeah, I'm to be corrected then. But I will tell you this: on the flip side of that, Carol, President Donald J. Trump, he delivers on all of it. And I think that's actually what scares the hell out of the establishment because he makes these statements and then he delivers on them. So in other words, he says what he's going to do. He, do, he does that and he follows through. And I think that scares Washington because nobody does that, Carol, across the board, right? Yeah, I think so. And um, I thought the president did an excellent job in demonstrating that he isn't a politician and I can tell you, Malcolm, I yeah. get very upset or offended when someone calls me a politician because I ran for office. I would never be a politician. Even if I were elected, I wouldn't be a politician. I would be a statesman. Uh, and there's a big difference. Yeah, no, that's very accurate. And, and you're not, and he's not either. And that's why he doesn't follow the protocol. So when people say he's unorthodox or he thinks outside of the lines, he does. Take, for instance, uh, Carol, this interview he just did with 60 Minutes last week with Leslie Stahl, which was a gotcha. It was just nothing but a gotcha thing. Now, the president did his very best. He had somebody filming it in the back, and he did something unprecedented. And, and CBS was really ripping pissed about this. So they took the, uh, he took the 37 minutes, actually it was 37 minutes as I remember, and he put it out to, to cut their legs off, unedited, Carol, unedited, if you can imagine <laughs> this. Oh yeah, I mean, Carol, what other president would do that? What other politician would do that? It doesn't exist. Carol. You would do it if you knew they were out to get you and that they were going to be dishonest. And whenever there's a taped interview, mm -hmm. they can take out words. They can exactly. do things that make you seem like a exactly. fool. And I have to confess, Malcolm, 
that when I first started uh, doing media, after having been shy most of my life, at first I was preferring the tape interviews because I knew they would edit them. Mm-hmm. And then I came to love live interviews, live yeah. interviews, because they can't mess up live interviews. What you say it, you say it. They can't take words out of context. And so I can see how anyone that's dealt with the media that knows they have a liberal bias, that they would try to protect themselves. And the way you protect yourself is having your own recording. You bring up a big point right there. Uh, A lot of people can't do live. They don't like live. Now, I grew up on live as well. In fact, that was my first stint when I left the corporate boardrooms after 25 years, Carol. I did live talk radio and loved it. That's what I grew up on. That's what I learned. That's what I was taught. And I learned the discipline of what that meant to say what you mean and mean what you say and make the words count. And we do that as we get better at this, Carol. And you are authentic. You're, you are an authentic person. You, you just, I mean, someone like you, you don't lie because you don't know how to lie, you see? Because if you start a lie, you trip on yourself and we would know that right away. So you only speak the truth. And that comes with authenticity of these live interviews. That's why, you, that's why you actually do so well on live. Like when people see you on Fox News or they see you on one of the networks and you're doing a live segment, you come across, you always come across genuine, very authentic, real, connect with people because you're doing it in a live fashion. And a lot of people can't do that. They have to be recorded because other than that, they sound like bumbling idiots. You actually sound better live than recorded. And I love live. I love live. And it's so much easier. So, you know, when they, whenever, even when I'm doing something today, Carol, that's in a recorded fashion, like even now, in my mind, when, I, when the mic goes hot, I tell myself it's live. So I'm always talking in a live fashion, like, well, this is what's going to be heard. So I, it, the good thing about that is you never have to make stuff up. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to lie. You can just put the truth out there. And that resonates with the American people, Carol. I can tell you that for myself, I like Martin Luther's statement, here I stay and I can do no other, because it's almost like I was wired to be transparent. And when people talk about Amy uh, Coney Barrett and the fact that she didn't use notes, well, that's because she knows her stuff. She knows herself. The people that need tons of notes and they got to confer before they answer a question are not being honest. You know, they're trying to... uh, they're trying to play a game. Sometimes they're trying to give people what they think those people want. With me and with someone like Amy Coney Barrett, what you see is what you get. And with her being in a situation that was very hostile, uh, she just showed her wisdom, but her honesty, she knows what she believes. And she also knows, you know, when someone's trying to trip her up, you don't need tons of notes when you're being yourself. It's one of the best qualities anybody could possibly have. And you're so right with Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, She came across as a very authentic individual, a very authentic, powerful woman. Uh, She resonated with the American people. Her popularity, when uh, all it did was increase. It was already good when she went in, but it continued to go up and up and up and up. And the left didn't know what to do at that point because now, I mean, she was perfect and she wasn't playing the game of what they wanted to do, which is really legislate from the bench. You see, what the left does is because their policies are so horrible for the American people, Carol, so what they have to do 
in order to try to get them into play and approval, they get the courts. That's why they po politicized and populated the district courts and the ninth district courts and the appeals courts. They legislate from the bench, which is why they kept asking Barrett, well, but what do you think of this? And well, what do you think of that? And how would you do this? And why didn't you do that? And, and she's like dying inside. And she keeps coming back with the same answer every time. And who looked like the idiots were them, not her. I mean, she stayed with what the Supreme Court is. And there's something beautiful about that because we've been so hit in our courts from judges who are legislated, not only in the Supreme Court, but across the board. They make the law what they want it to be rather than go back to our framers and the brilliance of our constitution. So that's why Amy Coney Barrett, and I'll make a prediction for you as well. Not only does she become the justice and she is now, we know she is, um, but she will, pro I'm going to say to you, when the opportunity arises and Roberts is out of there, I think she will become the chief justice at some point. I could uh, see that happening as well. And I think that uh, the problem today with our government and with the Supreme Court is that some people see themselves as either conservatives or liberals. And I see this more on the progressive side they, it's almost like a checklist. If I'm a liberal, I have to support all these things. I have to check all of these boxes. And I guess that applies to some conservatives too. I want to live in a world where people are thoughtful intellectuals and where, you know, if you're interpreting the constitution, you interpret it, you know, based on uh, the original intent and, and, um, the, the, circum, the, the circumstances, the content, every, content, all of that comes together. But um, I don't think you should always be a, predict, a predictable yes or no on each side. And so with the Supreme Court members, they rarely stray away, with the exception of Roberts, from uh, the ideological camp that we've assigned them to. But I believe if people are true intellectuals, they're not going to just check a, a, a checklist on every issue under the sun and decide that's how, what they believe. They either believe this or they believe that. And as individuals, you know, we have different experiences that help make us who we are. It doesn't make sense that everyone in a particular camp would agree on everything. Well, we shouldn't agree on everything because one of the beautiful American traits, Carol, I think you would agree with me, is our diversity, right? That's what makes America, right? I mean, we're a diverse nation. We are supposed to have diverse thoughts. And the diversity of our thoughts is very important. But today that's lost. It's lost in all circles. It's lost in political circles, media circles. If you don't agree with people, the left will call you out in a hot minute and they get nasty and they get in your face and then they get ugly and they want you. In fact, they're even going into restaurants and public places and forcing people to put their fist up and do things and uh, to pronounce your love for a, a Marxist movement and doing things of that nature, Carol. It's horrible what's taking place uh, in America today. And I think it's important that we do push back against it. And the concept of diversity, we look at uh, nature. And as a Christian, you look at everything out there, everything is diverse. So diversity itself should be positive, but the progressive left has turned the whole concept of diversity into something that is very divisive. It's a negative connotation, and that shouldn't be the case. 
No, no, it shouldn't be the case. And I think it's one of the things we're really missing in our country right now. In fact, Carol, I'll even say it's the glue that holds us together. What makes America such a beautiful experiment and something that we're all blessed as we're listening to us right today here now, Carol, I know you agree with me. We are lovers of our nation and we are patriots. Uh, and we love all of the gifts that we have here in this absolutely magnificent nation that we're in. And my role in this is to get people to embrace that and understand that. We've left that. We, we've moved away from those traditions of embracing our American and our heritage. And now we're at this horrible point where we're just really ugly and we're at each other's throats. We're, never, we're not ever supposed to be united. That's not the point of it, really, because the framers set this up initially that we would be a divided nation to the point that we are. And I get that. But we can have our disagreements and still be, ladies and gentlemen, just like Ronald Reagan did with Tip O'Neill back in the day. They would disagree on policy during the day, Carol, or like Newt Gingrich would, but they would get together for a drink in the evening or say hello, and they weren't ugly with each other. Today, right. my golly, they're so ugly with each other. It's, it's, it's a travesty what's happened here. That's certainly the case. And we're going to take another break. And Malcolm... When we return, I want you to have some parting words for our audience and also tell them how they can learn more about you and what you do. What if there was a book that took the mystery out of prayer, one that made it easier for people to pray God's word with miraculous results? There is such a book, Joy Lamb's The Sword of the Spirit, The Word of God is a handbook that has changed the lives of thousands of people around the world. You can order your life-changing copy from Joy Lamb's website, thesoardofthespiritbook.com. Order Joy's book and listen to her audio prayers while you're there. I'm back with my guest, Malcolm Outlier. And Malcolm, what are your parting words uh, for the, this audience? Uh, they'll be listening to this show before the election that I'm calling Judgment Day. And I also want to give you an opportunity to share with the audience how they can learn more about you and the work that you do. Thank you, Carol. And uh, well, I, I think that um, this election, while it is a key pivotal election, Carol, you and I, all the listeners know that it is. Our country is going to go on no matter what. Everybody is in their corners right now and they're scared. As I sir said, nerves are shattered. And you can feel it out there. Carol, I think you would agree with me. Some of this you could cut with a knife right out there, right? It's, there's a lot of fear out there, right? On the left and the right. Yes, definitely. And that fear is, in, and that's what gets uh, uh, sometimes people in trouble. I think that I uh, understand that our country is stronger than you think it is. We should take nothing for granted. Now, I do believe that in everything I've read, everything I've looked at, Carol, and what I've seen, and we'll play this back and we'll see if we were right, Carol. Uh, and I haven't been boasting about it, but I will say I do believe that President Trump will win this election. Why I say that, I think he's supposed to win, Carol. I think it's in the cards. I think that uh, I think God has a plan. I think that's why Donald Trump is in office. It wasn't accidental 
that God chose Donald Trump for this position. In fact, I, I do a talk all the time with God and Donald Trump, and I'll share with you real fast, Carol. And, and you know, God calls Donald Trump to his office, and, 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 and God is there, Donald Trump is there, and God says, well, Donald, I want you to run for president. And Donald says, but, 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 uh, but God, I, I can't run for president. I'm, that's not me. I've been talking about it for decades, but I can't do that. But God said, yes, you got, but, but, but God, I mean, you know, I made a lot of money. They're going to call me out on this. I had some sex. I did this or that. But God says, yes, I know, Donald, but you're the perfect one for run for president because they'll never think that you're with me. And so, <laughs> and so Donald ran for president on that basis, and he is God-chosen. So having said that, we are at a historical moment and this historical election. But I think, Carol, everything I think you know that I do is about the fight of good and evil. Right. I, do, I do believe good prevails. That's what I'm about. That's what I do at America Out Loud. That's why you and I and our paths cross was it was put here by God. It was to have the good fight forward. So I take a lot of proud, uh, uh, pride in that. And quite frankly, uh, that's what my whole mission is. So again, my show every day is the voice of a nation. You hear me at 6 p.m. Eastern time. You hear me anywhere in the nation on America Out Loud Talk Radio, the voice of a nation. And on the weekends, Viewpoint this Sunday is our signature show on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And then Viewpoint presents at 11 with Michael Johns. I do a two-hour block every weekend on Sunday. You've been on that show before with me, Carol. And yes, and Malcolm, I will be putting up links uh, to your um, website so that it will be easy for the listeners to find you. And I thank you so much for being on the show and for the audience. Uh, as always, I say, it's up to us to be the people who change our nation and our world. And Malcolm is out there. I'm out there. There are just thousands of other people, uh, if not millions, that are out there trying to change our world. And we just have to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm.